0: You know, you just can't get too used to any one thing around here, can you? I've been telling y'all for a long time, if you're going to be apostolic, you must be flexible. And so, sure enough, hey! (laughs) So, good thing you're here tonight. It's our last night in this building. (laughs) Yeah, good to know. Get a (laughs) bolted. Okay. Anyway, um, is one of our Semi-regular visitors. She has a church home somewhere else, but from time to time, she shows up here and blesses us, and so, anyway, so it's been good, and if you haven't met, my sister and mom are here tonight, just came up for the day, whatever, and it's been really blessing to have them here, and Kyle and Katie are here, yay, welcome home, and Megan too, man, it's old home week, huh, very cool, very cool. Okay, would you open your Bibles, please, to Genesis 1. Tonight we are emphasizing spiritual gifts, as we do every month. And tonight I want to just talk to you a little bit about the fact that you were created to be spiritual You know, it seems there's a lot of people in the um, church that don't consider themselves to be spiritual. I think spiritual are those people over there. You know, some of those people that have visions and prophesy and stuff like that. But, you know, we are naturally spiritual. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Do you understand right there that God, the Spirit, is making us in His image? We are spirit beings wearing a physical body. And so we were created in His image, in His likeness. Right? Now it says, Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Aren't you glad you have authority over creeps? Yes. And verse 27... God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, "'Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth.'" Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Did you know that the natural world is good? The material world is good. You know, there's a heresy that says uh, matter is evil. But you know, God created the natural world, and when he did, he said that was a good thing. It was a good thing to create the natural order. The natural is good, and it's also a manifestation of the spirit because where did all the natural world come from? It came from the spirit, right? God the Father spoke, Jesus, the Almighty God, spoke, opened his mouth, and so matter came into existence. So let me ask you, do you think of natural things as good? Do you think of them as spiritual? I don't know about that. It may be good, but do I think of it as spiritual. Was God unspiritual when he was creating, when he was working, when he was forming? Is that unspiritual? How about when he was resting? Somebody's got a revelation right now. I'm going to go home and take a nap and be spiritual, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap? Now, all the, all the flaky people don't like it when you talk like this because flaky people are like, I have to have a vision. I have to have a, a visit from an angel. I have to have a goosebump, And you know what? Spiritual people are not weird. Really, spiritual people are so normal. You know, they thought Jesus was Normal. That thought, oh, yeah, that carpenter's kid over there. Because, see, Jesus wasn't flaky and weird. Why is it in the church that we look at flaky, weird people and say they're spiritual? Folks, something's wrong with this picture, all right? Just because somebody is, you know, acting strangely. You know, what the world might think, if you're acting strangely, you must be on drugs. You must have a medical condition. You must have something. And the church we go, oh, that's being spiritual. No, folks. Being spiritual is being very natural. You know what? It is normal, it is natural, and easy for you to behave in a spiritual manner because God, who is spirit, created us to be spiritual beings, right? When man operates as God intended, is he being unspiritual? Now, think about it. What did God tell Adam and Eve? Well, what did God tell Adam? In this very beginning thing, he's, when he's creating, he says, we're gonna have, man is going to have dominion over the animals. So to have dominion over animals is to be spiritual, right? Because you're doing what God intended for you to do. All right? Be fruitful and multiply. Spiritual. Productivity, work, business, intelligence, spiritual. You're the most spiritual person at your workplace. Because if you're doing what God has designed you to do, operating by taking dominion, producing, you know, building, this is spiritual work. It is very spiritual to work, to create, to form. It's highly spiritual. What about eating? God's talking about God designed us to eat, right? God designed us to rest. If you are operating as God intended, are you spiritual or unspiritual? You are spiritual. (laughs) God cannot be unspiritual, can He? Why? He is spirit. You are created in His image as a spiritual person. Whether you've ever considered yourself to be spiritual or not, God Almighty has made you that way. Because, see, God made us like him. And that means when you are on your job, taking care of your family, working in the yard, whatever you're doing that is part of exercising the dominion that God has given you, you're being spiritual. So much for thinking all the spiritual people are the ones that have visions. You know? All right. God is everywhere present in his creation. Is this true? Is there any place that God is not? No. What the psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Some of y'all didn't know that. Y'all know God exists in hell. Let me explain that to you. If hell is a place to escape God, then the devil won. Because the devil does not want to be in God's presence, Right? doesn't want to be anywhere God is. Too bad, so sad, because God's everywhere. You see, hell is the manifestation of God's wrath. Heaven, the manifestation of God's love. You see, the psalmist said, where am I going to go to escape your presence? There's nowhere to go to escape God's presence. He said, you know, it doesn't matter. If I'm high up on a mountain or off in the desert somewhere, you are with me. So God is with us everywhere at every part of His creation. There's nowhere that He is not. I'm not saying God is creation. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that He exists everywhere. That's what omnipresence means, right? Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.31 that whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, to do all to the glory of God. You know what? Sometimes there are folks that Say, for example, I've talked to some um, young parents before, and maybe because of the demands of their family, they were not able to give themselves to church work the way that they wanted to or the way that they, other people maybe thought they should. But do you know that when you are taking care of your family, that is a spiritual work? It is spiritual. You're taking care of one another. That's dominion. That's responsibility. That's exactly what God would do. We need to get the guilt trips off people. Now, I'm not saying that you substitute your work for your church. There's balance in all things, right? God has called us to assemble together. And so you can't say, well, my work is my church. Look, Some people are trying that argument right now. It doesn't fly because God has told us to come and to gather together, right? But, But on the other hand, we need to quit seeing... Part of our lives is spiritual, and part of our lives is natural. Part of our lives are secular. Part of our lives are sacred. We need to quit divvying up life like that. Because when is Jesus being spiritual? Was Jesus being spiritual building a table? Yes. He can't be, you can't picture Jesus being unspiritual, can you? He's always spiritual, so if that meant you know washing the dishes or building a table or cutting the grass or whatever else that you might be doing, it can be spirit. You see it as spiritual, all right. You know there are in times past. I've heard stories of people who had compartmentalized their lives. You know of I heard a story some years ago of a family supposed to be Christian and really just did their relatives wrong over a business deal. And the rationale was, well, that's business. That's good business. Good business does not mean bad ethics, right? Good business means being spiritual, doing what is right for other people. We've, had, we've heard the same thing of people that would commit sexual sins and then say, well, it was just physical, Folks, it's never just physical. Never just physical. But when people compartmentalize their life, and they say, well, what I do here does not affect that. That is not, that's a non-spiritual mindset. We need to understand that everything about our lives is to be integrated, spirit, soul, and body. We are, we are spirits who have a soul, who live in a body, and this is how we function in the earth, okay? Sometimes there are problems with other understanding about being spiritual, because in the church sometimes we have communicated the idea that practical ministry is not as valuable or not as important or not as spiritual as what we might consider ministry that is more along the lines of spiritual gifts or or preaching or something along those lines. But do you know, ministry means service. It means when you minister to somebody, it means you serve them. You know the story of um, when it says that um, Jesus went to um, heal Peter's mother-in-law, that she was laying in bed and she was sick, and said she got up from there and she ministered to them. What'd she do? She didn't open up her Bible and start preaching, did she? She didn't prophesy to them. What'd she do? Fixed them dinner. Because that ministered to them. What happened, it says, when Jesus, after he came out from the wilderness and he was tempted, and it says the angels came and ministered to him, what did they do? Preach to him? Fed him? Comforted him? Took care of him? Made him feel better? Right? Practical ministry is very spiritual. I believe that if things aren't practical, they're not spiritual anyway. Um, Sometimes in problems of of not understanding this, people will not believe that God will tell them to do something ordinary, you know? They think that, you know, it's the devil that told them to do something ordinary. You know, they've got to have, they feel they've got to have a visit from Gabriel this morning. But, you know, sometimes God will tell you to do things that are very ordinary, that are very natural, and it's very much spiritual. It's definitely God. But some people feel like, well, God wouldn't have me, you know, work in the nursery. Well, God wouldn't tell me to cut my neighbor's grass. Well, no, I need to go preach to them. No, no, maybe you don't. Maybe doing very natural, ordinary things out of love for God and love for other people is valuable spiritual ministry. Another um, corollary to that is sometimes you have, unfortunately, it's usually women, Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have women, they're going to be in church seven nights a week, going to prayer meetings and going to Bible study. But, honey, I don't have time to cook dinner for you and the kids. Y'all, that's not spiritual. That's flaky. Right? That's flaky. And, And leaving poor unsaved husband at home, wondering what kind of God takes his wife seven nights a week and the kids can't get fed. Folks, that's flaky. Sometimes people feel that I can ignore my family needs for something that is more spiritual. I think we can see from Genesis that God intends for us to live a natural life on the earth, taking care of responsibilities here. Now, you don't always necessarily feel very spiritual. You know, but your personal spirit permeates every cell of your being. Just like the dye in this fabric, this fabric did not. If I don't even know what it's made of, let's just guess and say maybe it's cotton. Okay, cotton is white. <laughs> but what happened? Somebody dyed this to make it this kind of shade of green. You cannot separate the green from the cotton because the dye has permeated the fabric, right? Your personal spirit permeates every fiber of your being. We can't just cut op- cut you open and take out your spirit. Your spirit is in every cell of your being, every part, your, your mind, your soul, and your physical body, because that's what keeps you alive, right? When a person's spirit leaves their body, the body just collapses, nothing left. So if you are a spirit permeated person, when are you not being spiritual? When are you not spiritual? When are you not a child of God who is the father of all spirits? Was Jesus spiritual when he was a child? Was he spiritual when he was just obeying his mom? Was he spiritual when he was, you know, helping around the house? Of course. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. You are naturally spiritual. You are created as a spiritual being. Now, Proverbs twenty twelve says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. As a spiritual being, you have spiritual senses. Just as you have a natural eye, you have spiritual eyes. Just as you have natural ears, you have spiritual ears. So your senses, the Bible teaches us, can be trained, can be exercised. One of the problems is, the problem is the carnal mind. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For the mind set on the flesh, or the carnal mind, is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. The carnal mind wars against the mind that is set on the spirit. The carnal mind can be very religious, but it's not spiritual. You know, a carnal mind will judge that this activity is spiritual, but that activity is not. A carnal mind, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. One day, I was, um, I was attending a conference. This was many years ago. I was attending a conference out of state. And at that season in my life, I was accompanied to seeing certain kinds of dance in church. I was used to seeing, as far as congregational dance, everybody moving to the music. I was used to seeing dance teams, maybe the girls in the white skirts or in other types of attire. And I was used to Hebraic dance, you know, Hebrew type things, or I was used to ballet and and lyrical types of things. First time I saw tap dancing in church, I thought, I'm religious. Because part of me said, Tap dancing doesn't go in church. I mean, you thought the same thing, y'all. That's carnal. That's religious. It's not spiritual. Tap dancing is happy feet, isn't it? It is happy feet. The first time I saw this guy, this guy, he was he was like saved Fred stair. I this guy was tap dancing and he was expressing the joy and love of God through His feet like I had never seen in my life before. I decided right then and there to have a mind adjustment and decide that tap dancing was okay in church. Are we getting adjusted? Who decides what's spiritual and what's not spiritual? Yeah, this is God. This is human beings doing what God has called has raised us up to do. A carnal mind can be really religious, and therefore it needs the rule of the Word of God. Because the Word of God and the Spirit of God are always going to agree. So carnal-mindedness gets adjusted by the Word of God. We allow the Word of God to permeate our thinking and start changing our opinions and our attitudes about things. You know, and when your heart is open and responsive, you can see I'm being religious. There's a number of times I thought, I'm just being religious. I don't like religion. I don't like being religious. I don't like being around religious people. Because they're weird, aren't they? And proud. And condemning. So I'd rather be around people who embrace their spirituality. (laughs) Your spiritual gifts are normal to you. It is very normal for you to open your eyes and look around. It's normal for you to hear. It's the same thing. It's normal for you to use spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. The problem is that most people who don't experience that have never been taught that or they've just had a different experience. And because many times, unfortunately, the people who have not been perceiving with their spiritual eyes and spiritual ears They look at somebody really flamboyant who seems really to have a gift. Man, that person, they got the visions. They're hearing from God. They got this going on. I'm unspiritual. And you can really judge, you know, you can compare yourself to somebody else, and you can get yourself in trouble. Is that right? The Bible says we're not supposed to do that. We appreciate the diversity that we have in the body of Christ. But a lot of times what I have found is that people who think they are not spiritual are people who are expecting something spectacular. They're expecting the Benny Hinn anointing to hit them. They're expecting something very showy, very dramatic to happen to them. How many of y'all read in the Bible where God talked about the still small voice? It wasn't the earthquake. It wasn't the wind. What was it? The still small voice. Do you know that a still small voice is one you can easily overlook? You can easily overlook it because it's not shouting. You know, what happens is that because it's easy to overlook, it's not dramatic enough, that many times what happens is the carnal mind gets in there and says, that wasn't God. That wasn't nothing. That was just me. That wasn't spiritual. And the carnal mind is judging things that it shouldn't be judging. You know what? I want to release you tonight and tell you you are spiritual people. And in a little bit, I'm going to demonstrate to you how spiritual you are. You know? (laughs) Let's turn to Hebrews 5. Spiritual gifts are normal for Christians. This is normal Christianity. I didn't say we're all prophets. We're not all prophets. We're not all apostles. We're not all those things. But if we are spiritual, creating the image and likeness of God, then we have an ability to perceive things that maybe we've not recognized. Hebrews 5, 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Because of practice, folks. Sometimes it's things we've never been taught. I remember when I grew up, our church didn't teach spiritual gifts because people didn't really know about them. And so I remember the first time I'm reading my Bible and it jumps out upon, you know, off the page about, where well, you may all prophesy. I'm thinking, really? Really? But you don't see it, you don't hear it, you don't know anybody that does it, so you're like, okay, well, I don't know, I don't know. And if you don't have a teacher, what do you do? You just kind of stumble along and God makes you hungry until you find a teacher, right? until somebody comes. But it's because of practice. You can have your senses trained to discern even what's God and what's not God. Your sense is trained. How many of you have ever had a hunch, an inkling, a feeling, right? I knew that was going to happen. I had a hunch. Folks, that was your spirit in operation. Because you don't get hunches in your mind. You get them in your spirit. So every time you ha- I have a feeling about that guy, I know women, a lot of time they talk about women's intuition. Look, it's not women's intuition, It's spiritual intuition. Intuition is a force out of your spirit. And so you could have a feeling, say, I don't know why, but something's not right. Mm -hmm. Haven't we all done that? That was your spirit in operation. You see, you are spiritual. Whether you ever prophesied or not, you are spiritual. Because your spirit is in operation. It's picking up on things that maybe you can't see. Picking up on something that you don't have any way of knowing. But you have discerned in the spirit. And by practice, we can get better at our discernment. We can get a lot better about it. We're all going to have different levels of gifts and different levels of calling and responsibility. But I really believe that whatever you have learned from the Lord, you ought to be able to teach that to somebody else. And so some of us have more experience in one level of life than others, and so we're able to teach some things to people because of our experience. Some of us, because of our gifting, are able to teach some more things. One of the things that always frustrates me is when you find somebody, say they're a great prophet, call people out, tell them their name, their social security number, whatever, just really, really great prophet, but they never tell anybody how to do that stuff. That stuff makes me go at the wall because it's just like, what good is it if you can't, impart and communicate that to the rest of us. Actually, that's what Ephesians 5 uh, says, right? It says, the equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So it's equipping those people to do the work of ministry. And so that's fine. If you've got a head start on understanding some of this stuff, then train the rest of us. When, I've, when I've, I'm serious. I have latched on. There are some people I just latched on to them. You're going to train me. You're going to teach me some stuff. I want to know, how do you do that? Some of y'all heard me talk about my dad before. Many, many years ago, we would have these little prayer meetings and things over at the house. And once Daddy got baptized the Holy Spirit, he's he's seeing angels all over the place. And I'm going, how do you do that? Wait, just open your eyes. I'm like, no, how do you do that? Am I telling the truth? He would do that. Well, there's an angel standing over there. We're like, well, what's he doing? He's smiling. He's looking. We're like, how do you do that? <laughs> and he, you know, um, he is, as much as he understood how to communicate that to us, you know, he inspired us to, well, let's see if we can see some stuff. Let's try some of this stuff out. And so we we would go over there and we'd go over to, um, the you know, a handful of us. We'd go over there to Mama Daddy's house and we would do activations. And we didn't know what they were. We're Baptists, y'all. We didn't know anything about this stuff. (laughs) But we would sit over there and practice on one another. This is long before I met Bill Hammond and heard of activations. But you see, the Holy Spirit, he is your teacher. He will lead you into all truth. And so he was leading us in a direction. We were getting there, you know. And so it's kind of fun because then when the first time I went down to CI and they're talking about activations and exercises, I'm like, oh, this is what we used to do. Except... He had kind of fine-tuned it, you know. He had developed a better, you know, system because after all, he was not Baptist. So, uh, (laughs) well, yeah, he he had been at it for a long time, you know. And plus, you know, he was called by God as a prophet, so that's fine too. But, you know, your spiritual gifts, this is part, your spiritual senses are part of your makeup. And so you're already operating in this to some extent because everybody said they've had a hunch before. Many of you have had dreams, you've had premonitions, you've had warnings. And maybe it wasn't so much that, you know, you had an audible voice or anything. Or how many of you ever felt like, so-and-so is really on my heart. I'm going to pick up the phone and see how they're doing. That is your spirit. How many times has that happened? And you pick up the phone and you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, thank God you called. Sure, we've all had those types of experiences. Folks, that's being led by your spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Let's look at Colossians 1, last scripture. I always think it's just so fun that, that some of the most amazing things that can happen are so unspectacular. You know, here it is. Jesus is born. He's there, you know, laying in a manger couple of shepherds show up. I mean, real low-class, humble type of environment. But the most amazing thing had just happened, you know. There's a bunch of people at a prayer meeting one day. Most of them stayed home because they couldn't, didn't feel like going to church anymore. But 120 of them showed up. And what happens? Holy Spirit comes in on the day of Pentecost, fills everybody in the room. And all they were doing was just having regular old prayer meeting, you know, just regular old. We've had um, some dramatic miracles and healings here in this church. And most of the time, I don't feel nothing. Nothing. And then they tell me later, oh, I really got healed. I'm like, okay. No, 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 you don't understand. I really got healed. I'm like, okay. And then it's like, how come I don't feel anything? I don't see anything. I don't know anything. You know, I'm just, okay. Just pray for them. Unspectacular. But... Life-changing. Amazing. Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Folks, spiritual understanding is deeper than soulish or carnal. It's deeper than a way, maybe a way of think, thinking before. Spiritual understanding is given so that we can bear fruit in every good work that we're doing. You know what? Spiritual understanding will make you better on the job. It will make you a better parent. You know, what did, what did uh, the psalmist say? He says, I'm wiser than all my teachers. Because I've studied your precepts, I've studied your laws. You know, you are the answer person at work. Do you know that? I tell you what, as you grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding, they will start coming to you for answers. They will start coming to you for insight, for understanding. And because you're spiritual, you're going to draw upon the wealth of the Word of God you put on the inside of you and draw upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit and using your spiritual senses, you're going to be able to be a blessing to people in a way you have not done so before. Do you know that God knows how to solve every problem you face at work? How many of you have ever faced a challenge at work He's you're like, I do not know what we're going to do? You know, and sometimes it's very practical. I know, I've talked to people who, you know, working on cars, machinery, and it, they can't solve the problem. Why doesn't this work? And just go pray, and God just, this little tiny voice says, well, check out this or that. And they check it out, and sure enough, who was telling us a story about that one time? Was that Susan? Or somebody was talking about um, there, was, there was a part that could not be seen when they were looking through. Somebody was telling us that story. The part could not be seen that had fallen off everywhere they looked. But it was the Lord said, look behind. And they looked behind, and there was the, there was the thing that was causing the problem. You know, your spiritual senses. So when you get into a point to where I don't get it, I can't solve this, I don't know what to do, pull back a little bit and decide to be spiritual because you are okay God what do I need to see here what do I need to know here and expect the Lord to give you a hunch to give you a flash of insight an idea something to check out and if you're wrong so what who cares how many of you like to do everything perfect the first time (laughs) oh I know I know how many of you found life isn't usually like that? There's a learning curve involved, right? There are some things that sometimes you think you saw, perceived, heard, whatever, and, well, no, you didn't. That was your pizza. No, you didn't. That was your opinion. No, you didn't. That was your suspicion. You know, did you know that spirit, suspicion is not a spiritual gift? Right. <laughs> There are some people who think they are discerning when actually they're just suspicious, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I think I see a problem with this one and a problem with that one. I'm like, yeah, I see a big problem with you, too. So, folks, we're going to grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding, and we're going to exercise our spiritual senses. I think we should do an exercise right now. <laughs> okay. Sure, right now. So, what I'd like you to do is take out something to write with and something to write on. And, Miss Page, will you help me if people need ink pens? If you need a pen, she would be happy to give you one. Oh, we've got paper up front, too. Okay. Thank you. All right. Has everybody got paper, too? Because we've got paper if you need it. All right. Now, let's just kind of sit quietly and ask the Lord to give you a book, chapter, and verse of Scripture. Do not look up the verse... And know John 3:16: "Nothing you already know how to quote. We're not going from memory. We want to receive from the Lord, Lord, would you give me a book, a chapter and verse of Scripture? And just write down what you get. Don't make it too hard. First thing pops in your head. Okay. Don't look it up yet. You yeah, got a piece of paper. Just don't look up the verse. That's all. Um, okay. Now, ask the Lord for a word or phrase of insight into the Scripture. Don't look it up yet. Just write down the word or phrase of insight. Ask the Lord how you can apply the verse and the word or phrase of insight into your own life. And just describe your impressions. Ask the Lord how the verse and word of insight applies to a group you belong to. Describe your impressions. Okay, look up your verse and read it, if it's an actual verse. If it's not an actual verse, don't be discouraged. We just practice because we need practice. If you need to borrow a Bible from somebody or borrow theirs. Ask the Lord to explain the word, or the phrase of insight, because there may not seem to be a connection. And ask the Lord to explain the personal application in light of what the verse actually says. And then ask the Lord to explain the group application in light of the actual verse. How many people got an actual verse? Is actually in the Bible. That's really good. That's really good. If you didn't, so what? Try again. It's like there aren't nineteen chapters in Ephesians. Well, okay. <laughs> well, good, good. Now, like I said, if you didn't get a verse, you know, does just try it again. And another thing too is, um, maybe even to explain this a little bit. When I say, you know, just what comes to you, sometimes if you're like, I'm a blank, make something up. This is not a test, you know, (laughs) make it up and just see. Sometimes what you think is making up is actually your spirit trying to get in there and get a voice. You think you're making it up. I had a friend and she operates in tremendous word of knowledge. And one day I was down at CI and they had put us to work, you know, they, when you go down there, they make, well, they used to make, they don't do it anymore, but they used to make all of us (laughs) show up for the big conference. And we got assigned to work to do prophetic ministry over all the people who attend the conference. And so they would give each one of us a little handheld thing, teams of two, okay, there's your two rows of people. And of course you got forty teams that work, you know, working all at one time going down the road. And I'm tired. And it's been a long week and this and that and the other. So I'm going, okay, go ahead and start. so she's starting. And so we're going down and, and so then we're ministering to people after a while and our line kept growing. Well we found out there was people that were getting out of other people's lines. They got a word there, then they came and got in another line. So they had to start putting out notices. Look, you get one, (laughs) you go to one team. You don't just get go to another another. But um, anyway, and as I was, I was really watching the things. I mean, because she was like I was, just really tired of just going through. And I said, I said, the words of knowledge you've gotten are awesome. What's going on? She says, Donna, it's like I am making it up. That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm making it up. But then you look at the people. They're crying. They're excited. You see, what you think is you sometimes, well, it is you, but it's you being spiritual. (laughs) Folks, so many times we think it's got to be the big vision. It's got to be the loud. You know what? A lot of times you're just being you. Remember, we're not being flaky and weird. We're just being people, just real people. If you got a hunch, that's your spirit. Some of those dreams you have at night, that's God talking. That's something really going on. Your spirit is perceptive. Meantime, what happens in a dream, God's telling you something you're not listening to in the daytime. It's right. It's exactly what's going on. And if you had that dream twice, three times, four times, you're not getting a message. That's why. And so it's like your spirit, that's one thing I love. It's like if I just know that I'm just i got so much going on, I can't hear. I was like, God, give me a dream. Let me just go to bed, and I'll get it that way. And many times, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have a dream that will open your understanding to things. Because your spirit, when you're asleep, you know, your mind kind of gets out of the way a little bit, so it really helps. It really helps. Okay, we're going to do another activation. Since that one was kind of a hearing one, um, we're going to do a seeing activation. Right? If you would uh, just just sit quietly, we understand that there are things in the spirit realm that are unseen. We know that there are angels that are present with us right now, but we're not seeing them with our natural eyes. So we're going to exercise spiritual sight. And that means that that probably nobody is going to have their eyes wide open and see something. Probably most people will have their eyes shut or they'll have a little picture that's just in their mind. And there again, you might think you're making it up. But you won't know that unless you try. Okay. There are unseen things here in this room right now. Things that exist in the spirit. Lord, would you show us the fruit trees that are in this room? Would you show us where they are? What kind of fruit is on them? What color? Okay, what kind of fruit tree is in your mind? What kind of fruit tree? Do you know where it is in this room? Is this tree a healthy tree? What color is the fruit? Does it have fruit on it? What kind of fruit is on there? What color? A person eats the fruit off this tree. What is the result? Is there anyone around the tree? Well, that was fun. That was fun. It was different. It was fun. Okay. Now, we're going to do one more activation. And for this one, and everybody get a partner. So your partner is somebody you did not come with or not sitting beside. Okay. Now, if you, this is, again, this is not religious. This is not weird, okay? We are normal people, right? Okay. Look at your partner. Aren't they wonderful? Doesn't God just love them to pieces? Aren't they great? Okay. Take turns and tell your partner, when I look at you, I see... Fill in the blank. Okay. Okay. Everybody had a chance to share? All right. So, are we spiritual? Yes, yes we are. Do we have spiritual senses at work? Yes. yes, they do. And we are improving in our use of them. So, from now on, you're never going back. You know, wherever you are at, we're moving forward. And we're giving ourselves permission to learn, permission to practice, right? Okay. Well, Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing within us. You're taking us from glory to glory. Father, I also want to bless and thank you for Revival Life Church, for the pastors and congregation here who have been so generous and gracious to allow us to come here for these months. And so, Father, we ask you to bless them as they move on the next phase of what they're doing. And, Lord, we are flexible, and we are on the move. That's right. <laughs> Hug somebody. Prophetic team, if you would like prophetic word please